0: Starting to cry already. It's a pretty heavy day. Um, Y'all join me in prayer. God, help me to remove myself from this message. Help your word to land on the hearts of your people. Amen. Good morning. My name is Bryant Peace. My beautiful wife, Krista, and I have been a part of your community here for about a year, and we just want to say from the bottom of our hearts, it's been a pleasure, and we're just very thankful to be here in your presence. I'm thankful to be here with you guys this morning on such a, a glorious and meaningful occasion. This summer, we've been talking about heroes of the Old Testament, hence the giant letters on the wall behind my back. Uh, today, we're going to take a look at the heroic prophecies of Jeremiah. Jeremiah a man called by God to speak truth to the faltering nation of Judah, the faltering people of Judah. It's important to note before we get started that the Old and New Testaments aren't a collection of distant stories about ancient people thousands of years ago. The Bible contains a living history that plays out in our daily lives. My prayer this morning is for each of us to receive God's message through the book of Jeremiah. These are the very words of God and they're full of wisdom and truth for humanity, even in 2018. So before we get started, in order to understand the message of the book of Jeremiah, a book of prophecy to a faltering nation, we need to understand the context. Who are the people of Judah. Who is God speaking to through the prophet of Jeremiah? The prophet Jeremiah. In order to understand who the people are, we need to go back to Genesis 12. So in Genesis 12, we find God calling Abraham and through him establishing a missionary nation that is to model their culture after the purity and love of their father. That nation is called Israel. A people created to influence their fallen world by the way that they live and love. Israel was founded to be an agent of change. Unfortunately, over the years, they began to drift. They began to forget their identity. They began to forget their purpose. They even splintered into divided kingdoms that were gradually conquered and captured By the world around them. Jeremiah was born in Judah. Judah existed as the southern kingdom of Israel, a kingdom riddled with idolatry, spiritual decline, and chaos. This is the context of our hero and his prophetic voice, the voice of a true patriot. This is a time in which the people of Judah serve as the last unconquered stronghold of Israelites in the promised land. So this is the context for the prophetic and patriotic words of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah contains his prophecies spread out over many years, words of love, encouragement um, to the people of Judah. So the book contains three primary themes. We find the first in Jeremiah chapter 11, verses 10 through 13. And in these verses, God says, speaking about the people of Judah. They've returned to the sins of their ancestors who refused to listen to my words. They followed other gods to serve them. Both Israel and Judah have broken the covenant I made with their ancestors. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. The towns of Judah and the people of Jerusalem will go and cry out to the gods to whom they burn incense but they will not be able to help them at all when disaster strikes. This text bears witness to the sobering reality that sin brings with it consequences. The Israelites had turned their back from the safe harbor of their loving God in an effort to go about life their own way. In verse 13, we see they'd oriented their lives around Inferior gods that cannot sustain them nor save them in the face of life's challenges. As a result, when the nation of Babylon came to besiege the holy city of Jerusalem, God's people were left to face this trial, relying merely upon their own strength and their fake gods, their powerless idols. In the end, Jerusalem fell, for the holy city had become unholy. A nation once conceived with God as its very foundation now laid waste because men thought they knew better than their Lord. Israel had set up and worshipped, created things in the place of God. And as a result, bad things happened. Now, with this, me- this book, this message isn't saying that we earn certain sufferings through certain sins that we commit. That's not the point at all. What this message teaches us Is that significant consequences will come if we found our life upon anything other than God alone? Only He can protect and guide us. Only He can protect and guide us through the perils and the challenges of our daily life. And Israel had forgotten that. It's important to point out that Israel's fall did not happen overnight. It was a gradual fall that occurred with one subtle slip of idolatry at a time. So in essence, this first theme is a cautionary theme that we find in these pages, and it's important that we glean wisdom from this narrative for application in our life. You see, idolatry in a lot of ways is like a paper cut to the soul, right? It's very hard to see it in your life, and yet the pain it can bring, the consequences it can bring are quite significant if we don't deal with them. Lust, pride, materialism, those are obvious, right? They can severely hurt us. They can cause significant consequences. But what about the good things in our life? Our athleticism, our GPA, our kids, our career, our hobbies. If we're not careful, these good things can also take the place of God in our life and cause serious consequences if not brought into check with the help of God. This first theme in the book of Jeremiah, I know it's heavy, but it warns us that if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves in the place of Israel on a slippery slope, leading to a place we don't want to be, for our sins do have consequences. The second theme in the book of Jeremiah we find in chapter 32, and it's a beautiful, beautiful theme. God says to Jeremiah about the people, I will bring them back to this place and let them live in safety. They will be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me and that all will go well with them and for their children. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them, and I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. Isn't that beautiful? In God's words to Jeremiah, we see that although sin has consequences, God is always faithful. He never gives up on his beloved. Many times I say that, it never gets old. <laughs> Israel was created to reveal God's glory to the world. And although they exchanged that glory for refuse, God promises to reach out and bring that unfaithful bride back into his arms again. This is the very heart of the gospel right here in the Old Testament. Sin, fall, salvation, and redemption. Matt Chandler is a uh, pastor of a mega church out in Dallas, Texas, and he, he shares a personal story that just it illustrates this point so beautifully. While in school, we'd met a girl, she was 26, single mother, been through a lot in her life, a lot of scars, a lot of trauma. He befriended her and invited her to a youth rally. So they go to this youth rally. They get there. The worship is beautiful, awesome. The pastor comes up on stage. Energy's great. And uh, before the pastor starts preaching, he holds up a rose. He smells it, strokes it, says how beautiful it is, how pure it is, how desirable it is, just how gorgeous and innocent this beautiful flower is. He throws it off stage and asks for everyone in the crowd to to touch it, to smell it, to feel it, to enjoy it. He goes on about his sermon, and towards the end when he's ready to make his final point to really move the crowd and get an emotional response out of them, he asks for the rose back on stage. He holds it up. The stem is broken. Petals are falling off. And he asks this question with an attitude. Who would want this broken down, used up, undesirable flower. You think about what it was and what it is now. Who would want this? It's unlovable. And Matt was sitting there next to this girl who he just met, and his heart absolutely broke. Because she was sitting there with her life held up on stage, and she was told by this pastor that she was undesired because she was used up, broken down. She was told that she was no longer desired, no longer loved. See, that was a turning point in his theology because he realized God wants that rose. God wants that used up, broken down life. That life that's no longer lovely, no longer beautiful, no longer desired. You see, Israel throughout the Old Testament is that rose. Sinful, wounded, and yet incredibly loved. We all in this room, First Presbyterian Thomasville, we're that rose today. Sinful, wounded, broken down, worn out, and yet incredibly loved. We don't deserve it. And we can't earn it. Jeremiah 32 shows us that God is willing to meet us where we are. To bandage our wounds and walk with us. To walk with us as we learn how to be his. Sin has consequences, but God is faithful. Praise God. I could just stop right there. (laughs) Whew, almost done, Fortunately, <laughs> The third and final theme we find in the book of Jeremiah is found in chapter 29. And at this point, Jerusalem had fallen. Most of the inhabitants of the city had been carried off to live in exile in Babylon in a foreign place. Jeremiah was one of the few that stayed in the city. So he writes them a letter to encourage them. Verses 4 through 7, he says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, To all those I carried into exile, from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, give your daughters a marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there." And do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. In this letter, Jeremiah is calling God's people back to their original purpose to be a people about God's mission, a people that restore the health, and dignity of their town and their land the israelites had forgotten what they were created for and in this text god is actively restoring their sense of purpose even as they live in a foreign land they were far from the promised land and they were far from their temple But here, God informs the people of Judah that being his has little to do with religion. He tells them that being his has everything to do with having a life that's marked by God, a life that reflects him and how they raise their children, establish their businesses, and cultivate the prosperity of their town. Israel had fallen. God forgave them and saved them for a purpose. That purpose was for the redeemed to show God's love to their neighbor as they lay the foundations of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. The pages before us give testament to the reality that a restored relationship with God restores our relationship to the world. He seeks to forgive and save us for a purpose. We are invited to participate in the living history of God redeeming sinful human beings that become partners with him in the grand renovation of his beloved world. This is God's mission. In chapter 29, Jeremiah beckons for God's people to remember that mission. Israel was saved for a purpose. We are saved for a purpose. Now to sum this all up, we as human beings are very fortunate that God is in the rehab business. Are we not? Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) I've never said that before. I feel so Baptist right now. (laughs) Oh man, that's good. No offense to any, any Baptist or former Baptist. Um, so yeah, we're, gosh, I mean, we're so fortunate that he's in the rehab business. We have seen firsthand in the book of Jeremiah that God was willing to reclaim the people of Israel even in the midst of their failures. We've seen firsthand in the Gospels that God is willing to redeem us and reclaim us in the midst of our failures. Maybe you've had some idolatry building up in your life. Maybe that idolatry has caused some drift. Maybe it's caused some pain. I tell you, there's good news here in the words of Jeremiah. You can literally just give it all to God right here and right now. He'll take you as you are, and he'll heal you. He'll set your feet on solid ground, and he'll walk with you. He's paid the price for your sin, and he's saved you for a purpose. Let's thank him for that in prayer right now. God, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for lowering yourself and just being willing to enter our lives, to meet us where we are. You desire to change us because you love us and you want us to have a life that means something. God, just pray for your word to land on the hearts of your people. Pray for your word to land on my heart. Please continue to work on us and change us so that we can be partners with you and your grand renovation project. Amen.